Today's guest was exiled from his home in Bhutan and forced to live in a refugee camp in Nepal. But it was in the challenging conditions of that camp that he heard the gospel and came to know Christ as his savior. Today, Prakash Timsina will share his story with us and talk about his passion to reach the Nepalese in his city. <laughs> Stay tuned to hear more of this amazing testimony on Lifeline today. Welcome to Lifeline Today. So glad you've tuned into the broadcast. We're going to have a great time here on the program uh, with our special guest, Prakash Timsina. And uh, I want to remind you that the prayer lines are open. Joan, mm -hmm. they're so busy. Oh, my goodness. Isn't that been great, This though? is wonderful. It's been wonderful. <laughs> Actually, we're hearing from so many people um, all across Canada. And uh, so we're very thankful for that, of course. And, of course, we do appreciate your partnership. But Call in right away if you need prayer because the phone lines do get pretty busy mm -hmm. and there's always people standing by during the broadcast to receive your calls, okay? And if okay. not, then leave a voicemail and they'll call you back. Yeah. With us today is Prakash Timsina. Welcome to the program. Welcome, Prakash. Thank you very much, Pastor Dick and John. Well, you know what? It's a wonderful thing to have you here today because we do have a good relationship with you. Yes. And probably before uh, we talk about your past, because this is really the main story here today, is how God saved you in some extraordinary circumstances. But uh, we also have a relationship because you pastor a Nepalese church in the city. Yes, I do. And I'm, I'm very thankful to be a part of Third Day Church. And I'm so glad I met you and I can call you my pastor. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We're very blessed to have this relationship going on. So about a year and a half ago, you approached us and said, I'm looking for a father and mother to help me in the ministry. And, uh, and so we've adopted you as a daughter church. We're thrilled because uh, the folks there are very interesting. They were in a refugee camp. Most of your folks were in the refugee camps mm -hmm. in uh, Nepal. They were, you're ethnically Nepalese, we but are Nepali. you were living in Bhutan for many, many For years. many years we live in Bhutan and our ancestors moved from Nepal to Bhutan a long time ago. And in Bhutan we live as a Nepali speaking Bhutanese in Bhutan. So there were many people living in Bhutan. So just so our viewers understand, Bhutan is a 100% uh, Buddhist, Buddhist uh, nation. nation. And being you were ethnically Nepalese, they didn't want you in the nation, and they expelled you. And then you, Nepal didn't want you because you'd been in 100 <laughs> years or so in, in Bhutan, and so they placed you in refugee camps. Yes. And this is the, really the, your story, isn't it? Yes, very interesting. We ended up living refugee in our own nation. Actually, wow. we were from Nepal, and when we were kicked out from Bhutan, we went back to Nepal, and they say, no, no, no. We don't know you guys. Yeah. You left long time ago. So it's kind of we started living as a refugee in our own nation hmm. uh, in Nepal. It's so um, we know that 20% uh, of the whole population from Bhutan were kicked out from Bhutan. It My was 20% of the whole yeah. population so from the country. And talk to us about the refugee camp that you were in and how long uh, were you in the camp? 
I was two years old when my parents started living in refugee camp. I don't remember anything about Bhutan. about Bhutan, but I do remember that thing happened in refugee camp. When I grew up, I found out myself in refugee camp and where I lived there for 18 years before 18. we, our family moved to Canada. 18 mm -hmm. years in refugee camp. Wow, what was your daily life like in the refugee camp? Refugee Growing camp. up, I mean, as a, as a young boy and then a teenager. Yes, we, uh, my regular day was we go to school and come back home and Saturday and Sunday we were in church and in ministry. So we didn't have a lot of things to do, but uh, basically we went to school, come back home and stay there. And we say, yeah, that was, we thought when I was in refugee camp, I used to think that would be my life forever because you're in refugee camp. It's you hopeless. Don't, yeah, almost. You go to school or come back home and And that's stay. your normal? Yes, normal life yeah. and every 15 days they would provide us food and something like necessary thing mm -hmm. to leave but it wasn't enough like every 15 days we would have rice. So when you're in a refugee camp you're really not a citizen of any country. No. And you're hoping that a country will come to adopt you. Yes, we never thought of that and we never had that hope that we're going to be back to our country. Mm. Even people try to go back, it was impossible thing for us. And even in Nepal, there was no way they would give us citizen. So we were just locked in between and in a situation where we feel like there is no way. No hope. Hope, hope yeah. for us. There's yeah. no way for us to go back. Yeah. And there is no way for us to do something in Nepal because we were without citizen living but, in refugee camp. But you said something there that really um, tweaked my interest. You said our normal day was we would go to school yes. and then we would go to church. So was your family Christian? Yes, my family was Christian. When I grew up, I found myself like, oh, I'm a Christian and started going to Sunday school and my dad was already doing a pastor in refugee camp. Where was your family saved? In Bhutan, my dad was like my dad received Christ back Bhutan, wow. which, which is very not normal thing. No, it's very persecuted to be a Christian. Even when he came to a refugee camp, he was blamed for bringing this uh, foreign religion yes. that people never heard of Jesus in Bhutan. But and because they grew up in Hindu and Buddhist culture, mm -hmm. and my father accepted Christ. When my brother got sick and he had no hope, <laughs> he found somebody who shared about Jesus and my brother was healed from a disease and that's how he accepted Christ. And when he came to refugee camp, he started uh, church in, inside the refugee camp. Now you did say there were workers that would come into the camps and share the gospel, wasn't there? Yes. And, and evangelize? Then there was like handful people you would count when my dad said when the refugee camp started. Wow. But God brought, actually brought from Bhutan so that we can hear the gospel. Yeah. So now we got people all over the world. And That's amazing. And you lived in a bamboo home yes. in the camp and then <laughs> there was a church right there in the camp. Inside the camp and it, the church was made of bamboo and my house was bamboo. Bamboo everywhere. Oh, of course. But it's very interesting that you were there in the refugee camp with no hope. Uh, because we, we had an experience some time ago where we prayed over you. And I had this word where the Holy Spirit said the eyes of the Lord were running to and fro across the earth, face of the earth. There's a scripture, right? Yes. And, and the Lord's eyes fell on you in that refugee camp. Amen. Because God had a purpose for you. Yeah. 
Yes, Isn't that now, amazing? Now I can see that. Yeah. When I was in refugee camp, I was, I felt like God is confused with me. He, yeah. <laughs> you know, there was no hope and yeah. I just felt like, what's I gonna do? How did you find out that Canada was opening her arms to you as refugees? So in 2009, 2007, the IOM, International Organization of Immigration, said that we want to resettle all the Vietnamese refugee camp from Nepal. Wow. So that's where it started. So they started saying, we're going to resettle refugees to different parts of the world. So for me, my family, they say, Yes, we want to resettle your family to Canada. Uh -huh. So it was a, that was the good news already for us that saying we're going to start living, we're wow. going to get a new life in Canada. And what did you know about Canada at that time? All I knew was Canada is cold. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I knew. But well, and then is. they say you you are going to Winnipeg. We say okay. And then, That's the coldest place in Canada. Yeah. I think. <laughs> now I know. And then again later they say, no, we're going to take you to Ledbury. So we say, no, oh whatever. We want to just leave this camp and yeah. start a new yeah. life. How yeah. long was the process? It took us around one year. One year. That's to pretty get quick. Yes, it was pretty quick. And I'm very thankful. Mm -hmm. If I wanted to come to Canada by my own, there was no way I would be able wow. to come to Canada, even get a visa, or yeah. it's just, I can see the hand of God and His grace. So you know, as uh, you're flying into Canada and you see the big land, yes. lots of, you know, uh, grain and, you know, fields, and what did you think when you landed in Canada? What were your impressions when you got off the plane there? I, I was happy that I now I'm no more refugee, yeah. and they say that when you, when you come to Canada, we will give you citizenship. That was thing they gave us orientation, and yeah. really, I I was you know in a, I was really wordless. That I, it was like a dream. Really, yeah. I yeah. was in refugee camp for so long. Now I'm in this country. Were you 20 or? I was 20 years old when I came to Canada. Wow. You know, this really speaks to uh, the benefit of a nation like Canada opening its doors to certain types of refugees. Mm -hmm. yes. And, uh, you know, I believe that's part of our destiny as a nation, says Revelation 22, verse 2, talks about the leaves of the tree for the healing of the nations. Yeah. And Canada, we identify with that because our national symbol is the maple leaf on our flag. The only nation, by the way, with a leaf on its flag. Mm -hmm. And that is our destiny. And you're such a good example yes. of yeah. God opening the door for the right kind of person in need yes. uh, to come because li just listening to your story you were hopeless yes. had no all your all that you ever knew in life is gone you yes. were in a camp and there was no future for you yeah yes except christ christ was the only hope that's and, yeah. one thing you did have you went yes. to church yes now you, i know that one thing that you shared with me before was that when you get when you got off the plane in canada you were hungry. I was very hungry, and it was the first time I flew ever. Yeah, and oh my. The flight from London to Calgary was long, and by the time I was in Calgary, I had somebody who was going to receive us. He came, and, and I was very hungry. <laughs> and he brought me sandwich, and um, I never had sandwich before. <laughs> so it's like, how do I gonna even eat this one? And I couldn't eat sandwich. Yes. I was well, so hungry, and it was yeah. a different you know, food too. There, and there is the clash of the cultures when yes. when refugees come to a country. 
you know, that's so different than uh, from where they were. There are yes. all those, there are large things that are different, but they're really, you know, the day-to-day -day living skills things that are different as well. well. You know, we've gone to, <laughs> I've pe preached in Prakash's church, and we've gone because they are a daughter church, yeah. and, uh, and we have gone to many of their fellowship. And it's interesting, much of what you do is some centers around food, doesn't it? Yes. Yeah. And lots of rice. A lot of rice. Yeah. A lot of rice. And <laughs> we didn't of... have rice for you. Yes, yes. we need a lot of rice. <laughs> so, uh, but we've, we've gone and enjoyed those fellowship times. And uh, yes. we, you did a Bible school in your church. And both uh, Gord Clausen and myself went to speak at it. And uh, I said, how do you get all these people here, Prakash? How do you get them here early in the morning, all day long in Bible college, and now all night, you know? Yeah. And Prakash says, if you feed them, he says, they will come. Yes. And uh, right. that's cultural, isn't it? It yes. is. Yeah. I think it's the same in Jesus' ministry. People would come to eat <laughs> and get healed. Absolutely, they did, so didn't they? We just followed Jesus' pattern, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> so at what time in your life did you feel called of God to be a pastor? I really didn't feel like I was called to be a pastor, but in 2014, I kind of have in my heart that I want to know more of him and I want to do Bible school. Mm. So in 2014, after I came to Canada, I went back to India and did four months of Bible school. Wow. It was like phenomenal yeah. that I got that opportunity and God opened me that door to go to a Spirit of Faith Bible School in Nagaland. So wow. I stayed there for four months and I came back to Canada. And I, I knew that God has called me to be in ministry. And mm -hmm. I thought like ever since young, I was a worship leader and I thought God has called me to be a worship leader. And, but after I came to Canada, I felt like, no, God has called me mm -hmm. bigger than this. I want to reach more Nepali people. Wow. And then in 2016, we finally decided we want to start a church, mm. and that's where I found out he has called me to be a wow. pastor and for And one Nepali of the things church. that you say all the time is that when you first came to Canada, you felt your need was more spiritual than physical, because, mm. and, and you really desired to see more of your own people, people in saved. the church, and they weren't there. No. What, what is the percentage or the, of the um, uh, religions that are in the Nepalese that come to Canada? There are 80% that are Hindu. Okay. And some are Buddhist and other, there are so many kind of Hindu religions. So 80% yeah. are Predominantly Hindu. Hindu. Yes. Yeah. So sooner or later you felt, you know what, I feel God is calling me to actually start a church for the Nepalese here in Lethbridge. Yes. And minister to my people. Yes. And that's what I feel for our people. So we started, when we started a church, in 2016, we were 20 to 25 people. Wow. And I really, I prayed to God, God, if you have called me for this, we want to grow. Yeah. We don't want to be 20 here. Mm -hmm. So now it's in one and a half years, we are over 100 people. And most of the people who come to Christ, they are like from Hindu background and God is working in their life and God is adding more wow. people, more soul from can our I, community. Can I just ask you, what is it do you feel that touches a Hindu's heart here in Canada and causes them to see Jesus as he is and accept him? I think more would be like there is no rules and regulations you have to follow. When you come to Christ, he will set you free. That's wow. the thing, because oh. you are following something for so many years, like for generation and generation, and now you come to God whom you can talk. 
and God who can answer. He is not a God you're going to worship to the stone or he's a living God that oh, we wow. worship. So more of a family relationship with God as yes. opposed to rules and regulations. It's not more any rules and regulations that you have to follow. So when no. you share the good news, you have good news for these yes, people. Yes, it's a good you know, news. <laughs> uh, interestingly, uh, evidently one of the largest Nepalese Bhutanese communities in Canada is in Ledwes. Is in this city. Mm -hmm. And God has called me here. And Which was very interesting. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. Why God would call you. And many of the people now that are in your church, your church is growing. Yes, it is. There are uh, former Hindus coming to Christ. Yes, I would say like 70% people. 70%. Wow. People yeah. came as a Hindu from refugee yeah. camp and now they accepted Christ. Now, wow. I know when I go and preach in your church, which by the way, I enjoy it so much, they feel like family to me. Yeah. We Although are. for some, there's <laughs> a communication, <laughs> there's a communication barrier. Some are not conversant in English yes. or a little bit, and you know. But mm -hmm. uh, you, you do the translation, right? I preach in, the, in English and you preach in Nepalese. Nepali. I enjoy that, Pastor Dick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we have a good time. Yes. And then we've done it here, too. We've done it in our own church and had our, your church come over to our church and we have a joint service and then yeah. we'll do the same. I preach and you, you uh, interpret. Yeah. It's been great. Yes. And just uh, a couple months back, we had the great honor of ordaining you into ministry. Just talk a little bit about that day and how you felt and... Yeah. So the day I, I as I say that, I was, I never felt that I'll be a pastor, but I knew that God has called me into that and He's faithful who called me. So we got connected with uh, Third Day Church. And by the way, it's a prayer answer to me because I was mm. looking for a spiritual covering and. And then we went through a process, let's see, for a year and, and the year end, and we want to do that ordination. It was very a moment for our church to see me yeah. being ordained, and it's yeah. opening up opportunity and door for me, too. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, when you approached me, I said, hey, let's, uh, let's just try this as an experiment <laughs> for a year. And then I said, after a year, if you like me and I like you, we can get married, right? Yes. <laughs> and uh, we, uh, we now have adopted uh, your church, um, yeah. helped you with your registration and your Revenue Canada registration and all of that, and are still helping you in that regard. And you know what? It's an absolute thrill. Mm -hmm. It's a privilege. You know, Prakash, you are one of the very few people I've seen that ha are so sincere and uh, so committed to what God has called mm -hmm. you to do. And you're going to see great things in yeah. your ministry. We're just yeah. really delighted uh, that you're, you're part of the family now. You also have a, a beautiful family, your wife, Rika. Yes, I'm and married to a beautiful girl, Rika. And now, I this is quite a story. And you yes. have a daughter named Precious, and it's true, she is precious. She is precious. Oh, yeah. my goodness. If you want to see cute kids, you need to see this church. <laughs> anyway, uh, tell us how, though, because culturally... You did something very unusual when you chose to you, marry. You, you still arrange marriages in your yes, culture. Yes, it was Aaron's marriage. Hmm. But uh, there is a caste system in my community. So if I was Hindu, if in Hindu, I, I'm in a high it's, caste system. And there is always a discrimination going on. So when I wanted to marry my wife, I see if she, he's if she's a hindu she's from a lower caste but now like i i was really confirmed that god has given her as my wife yeah so i married her 
and it's a proof that when we come to Christ, there is no discrimination. There is no higher, there is no lower. It's not my testimony, it's we don't just say, we do it. So, you know? mm -hmm. and this is like, they can see it through my marriage too, that no, there is no discrimination and they, we love Jesus and we are a family, so. And what an amazing picture yes. that, that paints to the Nepalese that are here, you know, about Jesus and how he came to make everything equal. There's no, no discrimination, discrimination according to him. And really, you know, uh, I want to emphasize this. If you weren't Christians, this marriage could never happen. It because would be you can't cross those boundaries. And boundaries, yeah. But, but you always say, she's the girl for me. She's the girl for me. <laughs> so by doing that, you're actually demonstrating to your community that Christ changes everything. Everything. And that we're yeah. all the same in him. Yes. Yeah. Isn't that amazing? And uh, yeah, We gonna... have Jesus culture. That's all matter to us. Yes, we're going to take good. a break here. We're going to share some thoughts with you. We're going to come back with Prakash. But what a powerful story. God yeah, changes man. everything. Yeah. You're invited to the Powerfully Prophetic Dominion Conference in Lethbridge, June 28th to July 1st. It will be a time of seeking the Word of God over Canada and hearing from top Canadian prophetic leaders, including Dr. David Damien, Charlie Robinson, Craig Baroker, and Dick and Joan DeWert. Children will enjoy Dr. Blaine and the Time Travelers, and there's a special luncheon on the Saturday with Dick and Joan. Register online now at dominionconference.com or phone 587-425-5730. Help change the spiritual climate of Canada by partnering financially with Lifeline today. Your monthly partnership goes to a fully Canadian ministry passionate about seeing the glory of God come to our nation. Partner at $25, $50 or $100 a month and receive a special thank you gift from Dick and Joan DeWert. Call today and say yes to becoming a partner with Dick and Joan. Phone 403-942-0123 or email info at dickandjoan.com today. In Psalm 40, verse 2, David says, He lifted me up out of the pit of despair, out of the mud and the mire. He set my feet on solid ground. You know, Jesus is there for you right now to lift you up. Did you know the late Corrie Ten Boom, as a prisoner in the death camps of Auschwitz, she said one time, no pit is so deep that he is not deeper still. So cry out to Jesus. He's there with you. He's there for you. He will lift you up. He'll set your feet on solid ground. We want to pray for you today. Will you call us at 403-942-0123? Call us right now. The phone lines are open. We want to hear from you. We're with uh, Prakash Timsina. Now, Pastor Prakash is a very, very good friend of ours. His church has uh, been adopted by our ministry here. And, uh, and we are delighted about that. And we didn't do this overnight. We took a year to walk it through. And then we decided, yes, we do like each other. Yes, this is of God. <laughs> and we do have the same heart. Yes. Yeah. And I, I, I was just talking to you about, about this on the break, but something else that I, I feel is really providential in God bringing us together is that you really have a heart for television and to minister to your own people, the Nepalese people, by television. Talk to us about your goals. So this is the vision God put in my heart. When I was in refugee camp, when I used to see TV, I used to see myself 
on TV preaching really? in refugee <laughs> in camp. In the refugee camp. And this is, you can even think of that being on TV, you're in refugee Not camp. Not in that But part of the God world. has put that vision in my heart ever since I was growing. Wow. So I had this vision to be on TV and preach the gospel on TV. So came to Canada, we started church, and then we connected with you. Yeah. Yeah. And then we found out you're on TV. You didn't yeah. know our history and until we didn't know about the history, but we were really praying for mm -hmm. a yeah. good pastor and a spiritual but father. I want to go back to what Dick shared a minute ago because when we did your ordination, Dick, who has a father's heart towards you and to, yes. towards the church, he got quite emotional, and he said, "I, I, I see that what the Lord is showing me is that his eyes went to and fro." across the whole earth looking for one in whom I could show myself strong and he saw you in the refugee camp and his he put his hand on you in the refugee camp and for pastor Prakash I really believe that that is why at that time in the refugee camp you already felt that call yes. to minister to your people do you believe that's true yes I believe that's true and God confirmed me through pastor Dick Ward and and I can see that we are going there, like God is taking me yeah. where he wants to be, and yeah. my vision is coming to pass. Canada's call is to the nations, but first we open our arms to the nations, yes. and they come here. Then those same people go back to their nations yeah. and bless them. That's you know, the call that's on you. It thrills me to think that uh, opportunity for reaching your own nation, well, ethnically, your own nation, Nepal, and uh, we plan to go there with you someday. Yes. We'll see how that works. Uh, we are certainly believing that that's a door that God wants to open in your life. And uh, I want to say that there's Nepalese uh, in all over places in Canada, isn't there? Yes. And there are churches in other locations. We just heard of one in Kitchener. And uh, so there's many uh, churches in the uh, nation, although the largest singular community is right here. In it's Ledbetter. in the several thousands, I understand. Two to three thousand Nepali yeah. in Ledbury's. Yeah, and uh, what a wonderful thing that is that yes. uh, we feel that you're in our city and God is reaching those mm -hmm. individuals. And so we're believing that this will be another door for touching the nations. Canada's destiny. Yes, it is. Touching the nations. If we and can, uh, and media, that's quite influential yeah. in these nations right but now. But also, Thank you. I believe that your nation will touch Canada yeah. because your nation, when we go to your church, you worship, yeah. you dance, you are happy, you're exuberant. You know what? Canadian churches need that. Well, you we know, Joan, <laughs> uh, Prakash uh, translates many of the choruses and songs that we sing into Nepalese and then they sing them in their church. And he's written choruses. Yeah. He's quite a worship leader himself. Yes. Well, we want to pray for you and uh, we thank you for being part of the broadcast. Maybe there's a thing in your heart. You know, you said, how can I know God's plan for me? Mm -hmm. Listen, a young man in a refugee camp without hope Amen. heard from God that there was an opportunity, there was a destiny and a purpose, and he's fulfilling it today, and God is using him. You know, I see you so excited when another Hindu family will come to Christ yes. or breakthroughs in your church. It's yeah. really precious to see that. If he can experience that, so can you. I pray for you right now that God Thank will show you his purpose. If you're alive, you're not done. That's right. God has a destiny and a purpose for you. And Hallelujah. we release that over your life today in Jesus' name. Call the prayer line. Yeah. I'd love to pray with you and 
uh, connect with you, amen. And uh, remember yes. this, God is good. All the time. And all the time. God is good. See you next time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. This program is supported by viewers like you, and we thank you for your partnership. We want to hear from you. Send us your prayer requests, praise reports, and comments on the program. Be sure to visit our website for up-to-date information or get in touch with us by email or phone. Also, don't forget to like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. Dick and Joan are now available for conferences and events in your area. To book them for your event, call 587-425-5730 or email info at dickandjoan.com.